Hey besties, you're listening to yet another episode of Sunshine and Rainbows podcast, a space where we talk about moments in life where it's not all sunshine and rainbows. I'm your host, Amanda, and I cannot wait to jump into this conversation with one of my personal best friends, Hazel McBride. She is a previous killer whale trainer, just like your girl. And the conversation we start is one about identity, priorities, and how having an online platform really makes things that much more challenging. I'm excited and so honored that she chose to share her heart and her story with you guys, my audience. As a quick little reminder, this full episode is also on YouTube. Make sure you click the link in the episode notes if you'd like to watch this episode to see the facial reactions between my friend Hazel and I. All right, let's get started. Oh my God, I am so excited to be doing this with you, Hazel. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. It doesn't even feel like a scary interview like we talked about earlier before we started recording because you're one of my really good friends. So thank you so much for coming on here. Yeah, I'm so stoked to be here. I was like waiting for you to met. I'm like, when is Amanda going to ask me to be on the podcast? Like, she, doesn't, <laughs> like, she doesn't ask me. Like, I, I knew you didn't. I didn't even give you a chance. I met as soon as you yep. that you had the podcast. I was like, I'm booking in my slot. <laughs> Excuse me, book me, please. <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, hey Amanda, um, let's set a date to chat or, or what. <laughs> I love that. And it, it's so funny because you and I, we video chat definitely like, monthly we have check-ins and we're constantly talking over social media but you and i have never met in person which breaks my heart because i feel like we would be besties in real life but we're besties on the internet so you know i'm like i am still waiting for you to introduce me to chick-fil-a oh my gosh and like it's gonna happen one day i will get myself to orlando and we can finally hang out in person i mean honestly I might have a better chance coming to you these days. I don't know. The yeah, world's kind of crazy right now, but I do. Welcome anytime. Right? Well, that's the goal. Welcome Kat and I definitely want to take a trip over there. So definitely yeah. come see me. Little, little Euro, Euro vacay. Hey. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I want to give you, Hazel, a moment just to introduce yourself to anyone out there that's listening that does not know who you are. If they have been following me on social media, they should know who you are because you are riddled all within my platforms because you and I have partnered before and we're just such big supporters of each other, I feel like. So yeah, definitely. I feel like the consensus is, at least in our little corner of the internet, is you can't know Hazel without Amanda and vice versa. Like (laughs) people know that like our friendship exists. They just know that it's there. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Well, if if you are not familiar with me or my story, uh, my name is Hazel McBride. I am, as you might be able to tell from my accent, uh, even though it's a bit dull done, I'm originally from Glasgow in Scotland. So I'm from Outlander land. Mm-hmm. Not all of the men look like Jamie Fraser. Let me tell oh you that. Oh my gosh. That's, that's, uh, that show. <laughs> um, so yeah, I grew up in Scotland and had a dream of one day becoming a killer wheel trainer, which by some miracle I made happen by the age of 22, which is insane to me. Um, and I worked as a killer wheel trainer for five years. I worked at Laurel Park in Tenerife for two, and then I worked at Marineland on Teeth for, for three. And 
I always thought that killer whales was going to be end goal for me. Mm -hmm. And um, what I've definitely realized is life is much more complicated than that. Um, and I ended up falling in love with a Dutchman and uh, <laughs> found myself found myself living in the Netherlands, which I never thought would happen. Um, but yeah, along the way, I did, you know, lots of different things and very similar to you, Amanda. I have my finger in a lot of pies. Mm -hmm. you know, we're, both, we're both type threes. We're like, this is yep. done. What can we do now? And what can we do now? Always yeah. searching for the next dream, next big goal, which is funny when I think about it, like hearing you say that, that I thought killer whales was the end goal exactly with me. That was exactly where I thought too. And now looking back, I'm like, that's funny to me because I'm constantly looking for the next thing. So it's just funny in my mind that I thought that I would stop there, you know, like, yeah, like it's it, crazy it, that we're such goal setters and mm -hmm. achievers. But the whole time I was like, every decision I made from the time I was about 15 to 22 was a decision of how to get me closer to being a killer rail trainer. And that is how you achieve something. You know, you mm -hmm. do need a hell of a lot of dedication and focus to make it happen. So, you know, when I was choosing part-time jobs, I was like, I'm going to be a lifeguard because then I can get CPR and first aid. Yep. That. I'm going to get scuba certified. I'm going to do this or that. And I always thought, once I'm a killer whale trainer, my life is just going to be perfect and it's going to be uh... amazing and everything will stop. And I have really learned that life does not work like that. And there's nothing wrong with being an achiever or wanting to have goals and dreams and wanting to have something to motivate you. But you really need to do a lot of work in figuring out, okay, how do I want to achieve this, but also still be happy in the present and with what I have now? Yes. I think that is such a big thing that a lot of people don't learn until later in life. And I think that segues us into the topic that I was hoping we could touch on is, you know, that I've talked to you a lot about my identity and trying to find where I place my identity. And for so long, it was in being a marine mammal trainer or being a zookeeper or just being involved with animals. And I made the decision to leave the field and pursue, like we said, other goals, other dreams that I wanted to achieve. And really recently within the last year, you made that same decision too. Um, I would love for you to touch on that and just kind of the process of having this dream and achieving it, but then making the decision okay but what's next yeah it was a process <laughs> so i mean i was very lucky at marineland when i was at laurel park i was on a two-year contract so i worked that two-year contract and then i wanted to leave there for a multitude of reasons but i wanted to stay with killer Whale. so the only other option i had was working at marineland on sea mm -hmm. which is the only other facility in europe that has killer whales so, you know, the marine mammal field is small anyway, but the killer whale field is even smaller. Yep. So I very luckily already knew the head trainer and we were chatting and he wanted to hire someone that had experience already. So it was just natural that I went there. And I got so lucky at Marineland, like the team I was working with were all fantastic humans. You know, Marineland was so supportive of, you know, my other dreams, like mm -hmm. my book and stuff. They were, they were so supportive of all of that which made it so much harder to leave. Yeah. So if you guys, well, you guys probably don't know this, but I was in a long distance relationship for four years. I met my current fiance, <laughs> fiance um, in Tenerife. 
four years ago, randomly in a nightclub. Like, I love it. What, <clears throat> what are the chances? What yeah. What are the chances of happening? Um, but we did the distance for four years because I didn't want to leave the Wales yet. And, you know, he didn't want to leave his home and family. And one thing that's really hard is you can't say that someone's dream is bigger than someone else's. Mm. You know, that's something that took me a very long time to understand is that just because my dream was working with Killer Wheels, you know, his dream of living close to his family and owning a house and having a steady job was no less important or valid than mine. So yeah. we kind of had to come to an, an agreement where we were like, okay, I'm not going to leave the Wales until I'm ready, until I want that future with him here. Because mm -hmm. uh, that's not a future we could have in France for so many different reasons. Yeah. Money, money being the big one. So there were a lot of factors that kind of came into my decision making to leave. Um, I think I have a video going into detail on it. On my yeah. Phone. So if people, if people are interested, we can chat about that another mm -hmm. time. Um, but yeah, being a killer wheel trainer was, I always identified as that. Mm -hmm. So if we're going really far back, when I was at university, in one of my psych classes, we were asked to write down three like descriptors of exactly who we were. Ooh. And yeah, and people were writing down things like mother, daughter, <laughs> student. Number one on my list was future killer rail trainer. Like naturally. That is yeah, that is how powerfully I identified with being a killer wheel trainer when I was 18. And I wasn't even a killer wheel trainer yet. Like how, like that is almost unhealthy. Mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. Like what, what would that have done to me if I hadn't achieved it? Like how obsessed would I have become with making it happen or how disappointed in myself or what kind of identity crisis would I have gotten myself into if it hadn't like, what, what? But yeah, I made it happen and I became a killer wheel trainer and built a brand around killer wheels, around writing a book about killer wheels. And I became very well known, well, to me, very well known. Well, yeah. <laughs> As a killer wheel trainer, you know, my Instagram username used to be Hazel Orca Trainer. Mm -hmm. you know, that, was, that was me and it was how so many people viewed me and how I viewed myself. And so when it came time for me to kind of not only announced that I was leaving, I was terrified to announce that I was leaving because I was like, what are people going to Oh, say? I remember you messaged me and were like, hey, this is happening and it's not going to be for a couple months, but I'm panicking and I just need to like tell someone that'll understand. And mm -hmm. little did you know that I was literally going through the same thing of yeah. thinking about leaving too. And so I know. it was it was neat to see how gracefully you handled it and you eased your community into it. And like, we're dropping little Easter eggs and hints here and there. And it wasn't like this big shock, but that, I don't, that brings me to my question is, do you think having that social media platform helped you with that transition? Or do you think that almost made it harder because you felt possibly that you owed them an explanation where an average person on the street would just be like, well, left my job, going to a new job, you know? Oh yeah, I felt a huge sense of responsibility and I still do. I still feel a huge sense of responsibility to this community because I became known for being the person that would talk about these things, mm -hmm. that would address issues, that would stand up for trainers. And I wanted to make it very clear that while I wasn't working as a trainer anymore, that that wouldn't stop. And it hasn't, you know, and thankfully my community still resonate with that. But 
I did feel a huge sense of people are really going to judge me for leaving because I made it look perfect. And mm. everything with the whales was, you know, yeah. my life with the whales was amazing. Like every day at work, every moment with Wiki, I don't regret a second. I didn't hate a second of it. I loved every minute, every mm. single minute. So it was easy for me to share that with people and be like, look how incredible this is. Best job yeah. ever. I love my life. Like, this is great. And because it was, and every part of that was true, but I didn't show, you know, the late night Skype calls where I was crying and crying myself to sleep and missing my family. And, mm. you know, I didn't talk about it, but I didn't share it either. So people got a very one-sided view of what my life was. And while they knew that I was with all my fiance, they, they didn't really see anything other than the fun stuff when we were together. Um, and I think it was just like assumed by a lot of people because a lot of people would like to be a killer wheel trainer. Yeah. And, you know, of course I would choose that. Um, and I did, like I did choose that for four years of our relationship. I chose the whales over him. And, you know, I have to give a shout out to him for being so incredibly patient. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, if it had been the other way around, I don't think I would have been so understanding. That's the thing. Yeah. Shout out to the fiance and husband of our friendship yeah. here because... Kev is the same way. I remember distinctly there was a fight that we had right as I was thinking about leaving the field. And he was like, I just have this feeling that no questions asked, you would choose the animals over me. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and I <laughs> said it out hard. loud and I was like, well, yeah. And then I heard it and I was like, oh my God, like I have been married to this man for then five years in a relationship, seven years. I was like, I don't, I don't know that that's how that's supposed to be. Like, I don't, huh. And that's what got me thinking like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. My priorities might be a little twisted. Maybe. I don't know. And that's when my crisis started of like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so much of it for trainers, especially and keepers as well. We're taught to be that way. Yeah. Like to get into this field, it's so competitive, it's cutthroat, you need so much experience and you need to dedicate so much of your life to it and sacrifice so much for it that it becomes a part of you. You identify as it, as mm -hmm. the job becomes part of you more than just part of your life. So then when you go forward, it's also encouraged at work for it to be your life. For you to and make you decisions are... for your job instead of your social life. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're expected to give up so much to work insane hours. And we do it because we love the animals. Mm -hmm. Of course we do. But it is to an extent unhealthy because you do get to the point where, I mean, Paul never asked me that, but I would say it. I was like, if people ask me, who do I love more, Wiki or Paul? I can't answer. I still mm. can't answer that. Mm. But at that point, I was like, well, your answer is that I've been choosing her for years over him yeah so and then eventually I did choose him yeah but to me to me it's not about a choice it's not about one or the other it's just a progression mm -hmm. it's not like I'm choosing between two things that are impossible it's just this has happened and I've been blessed to have yeah. these goals in my life and now it's time for me to move on and and grow and and be more than just a killer whale trainer yes Yes. And that's the thing. So when I was in the process of leaving the field, that's what got me back into therapy because I was having the biggest identity crisis of my life. 
which I thought initially was, oh my gosh, I'm not a killer whale trainer anymore. But really the real identity was, I don't think I'm gonna work with animals anymore because I was able to at least hold on to some little portion of, oh, I'm still in the animal field when I went from marine mammals to zookeeping. But when she was talking to me and she's like, let's, we did an exercise and she's like, write down adjectives that describe you. And she's like, Amanda, personally, I think you working with animals is the least interesting thing about you. Like, that's just your job. And it's cool that that's your job, but say you were a librarian or a garbage man, like that would be something we would touch on and we would explore all other avenues of you. And that is the moment for me that I was like, huh? Oh, That's so, so I have amazing that you say that because that was a huge problem for me mm-hmm. is that I felt like I wasn't worth anything without it. Yeah. Because I, I had built so much success for me. Success was selling books, being, you know, a successful author, lecturing at universities, coaching other aspiring marine trainers. And all of that was because I was a killer whale trainer. All of that came from that. And people were turning up at group things to hear me speak because I was a killer whale trainer. The credibility behind it, right. Yeah. And it terrified me thinking I'm not going to be a killer whale trainer anymore. So no one is going to care about me and no one is going to care about what I have to say. And you know, we all have our own issues. We should all be in therapy. Oh, but, yes. <laughs> you know, I have a horrible, horrible tendency to just want to be liked. I just mm-hmm. want, I have severe abandonment issues and I just need people to like me. So I was so fearful of telling the following that I had built, who I was going to need going forward, you know, similarly right. to you with the social media stuff, with the branding, with the business. I was going to need my community more than ever. And I was just terrified that the moment I wasn't a killer whale trainer anymore, they were going to turn their backs on me. Mm. And did they? No. <laughs> <laughs> all of you amazing people listening, you all stuck with me and supported me. And, you know, I think a lot of people learned things. And I know a lot of current and former trainers really resonated with a yes. lot of what I was going through and figuring it all out and writing about it and talking about it. And, you know, I can wholeheartedly say that I am the happiest in my life that I have ever been right now because I have a whole life. Yes. Um, whereas when I was with the whales, I had part of my life was amazing, but mm-hmm. I was missing so much of it too. I think that's the most common question is that I get asked is it's that first step, that first step that's so hard. And they're like, but, but what do I do? What if, what if, and Honestly, in my personal opinion, and I know you agree with this too, is if I could have told myself like past self anything, it would be do it sooner because just like you, I'm the happiest I've ever been. I'm the most actual healthy person I've ever been too, because I don't feel torn in all these directions. And for me personally, wanting to be this killer whale trainer and marine mammal trainer, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to live alone because there's no way another person in the world could love me enough for me to be this dedicated because I knew in my brain at 18 that I was going to have to make decisions that weren't going to be fun and skip social events and do crazy things because it was so competitive. And I was like, either I'm going to find the perfect person that is like, yeah, you do you, 
or I'm just going to be alone and I'm going to be okay with that. And I happen to find Kevin, but through dating him and being married to him, I really realized, yeah, there, there's that natural shifting of priorities. And when you do find yeah, someone definitely. that you love, it just makes sense, you know? And so I'm not going to say that I left the field for him, but Kev, you're, you were worth it. <laughs> I would go so far as saying I wish I could have done it sooner <laughs> I I, and it's I different for you yeah yeah I mean I if there was anything that I could wish is that I'd met Paul later okay if I could have met if I could have had if I could have met Paul when I was at Marineland so that I would then have gone four years in a long distance relationship so I could have had more time with the whales that yeah would have been great. Mm-hmm. but there was never there was never a moment in my mind where I wasn't going to be with him like from, from yeah. as soon as we met and we started doing the distance for both of us, we were very much committed into this distance is going to work because we're going to be together at the end of it. It doesn't matter how long it takes. So, you know, that that was difficult and it had its own challenges and its own problems. But like we're no we're not perfect. <laughs> like, no, I don't want yeah, thinking any relationship is perfect. We all have our own issues. But for me, the really important thing was I cannot leave the whales too soon because if I do, then I'll resent Paul. Yes. I love that you brought that up and take us through that process because while you're making these decisions for Hazel and Paul, you had to make sure that you were also making them for Hazel or yeah, Paul. Exactly. <laughs> you know? No, 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 definitely. And, and again, I'm so lucky to have such an understanding partner because he never asked me to leave you know he never gave any ultimatums of you know you have I'm only going to do this for one more year or I'm only going to do this until then Mm. it was very much I trust you (laughs) that you're going to do what you say you're going to do that you're actually going to move at some point yep um but it was very much in my mind of I can't move until I'm ready because if I move too soon then I will massively regret it and I will always be thinking, what if? Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of things that kind of went into my final decision. And I made my final decision a year before I left. And it still took me a full year to like make that cut. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in October of 2019, my grand died. And that mm-hmm. was a huge blow for me. She, I was raised by a single mother and she was basically my second parent. So Mm -hmm. it hit me very hard. And it was in that moment where I was like, I cannot live so far away from family anymore. I need to see my family more. Lol, pandemic, haven't seen them in two years. I haven't seen them since my grand funeral. That's the thing with you saying that date, I was like, holy moly, then the pandemic hit months later and here we are in 2021. Yep. So I knew that I, something needed to change. Like I couldn't keep living so far away on my own I was like I need to either be with my family or be with Paul mm. um luckily I made the second one happen <laughs> yeah yeah um, but also you know when I when I looked into like my future when I was visualizing it and I thought okay if I stay as a killer rail trainer and I leave Paul okay I'll be fine like I'm a strong independent woman yep I love killer rails but I was also like okay five years from now would I still want to be living in a studio apartment in the south of France, barely making rent? No. No, I probably don't. not. Like, absolutely. I still don't want to live that far away from family. So I was like, do I sacrifice 
a full and happy future with the man that I love more than anything in the world where I can be successful on my own with my business with mm -hmm. whatever I choose to do because I'm that kind of person I'll make it work literally you can do anything because you will be successful at everything you do Hazel <laughs> <laughs> that, that doesn't just go for me like I want women everywhere to realize that like mm -hmm. we are all so talented in our own different ways that you know if you really dedicate yourself to pretty much anything you will you can make it work yep so I just realized, okay, if I stay and I leave Paul, I'll be with the whales for a few more years. That's great. But what comes after that? Mm -hmm. So I kind of, I chose the future that would, I knew was going to make me the happiest and the most fulfilled. Mm. It's so powerful. So, so powerful. And I'm so happy. I mean, I'm making it sound like it was such like an easy, like. No, I know. I know. But it was, there was a lot of like breakdowns and crying and crying to my mom and to Paul and to my supervisor and to the whales yep. and like even when I handed in my notice and Marineland requires you to give two months which is I don't know if that's a French law but you need to give like a crap ton of notice which was also a blessing because then it kind of allowed me to just like soak in and process yep yeah it was really a blessing but when I handed in my letter I was just in floods of tears and the whole day felt like an out-of-body experience and mm -hmm. as much as I knew it was the right choice there was so much of me that was like this feels wrong this feels yeah. wrong like everything in me obviously that point that part of me that just identifies as this is who you are mm -hmm. you cannot say goodbye to who you are was just screaming at me in my brain of this shouldn't be happening and I felt so conflicted like that day the day of handing in my notice was harder than my last day Wow. Because that, that was the day that it was one thing to make the decision in your head. And then another thing to tell Paul about the decision mm -hmm. and start to tell like other people within the community, but the moment you like physically made it public by handing it in, it's huge. Mm -hmm. But even then you didn't announce it on social media then. Not yet. Yeah. Nope. So you did this progression, which I think is yeah. great because again you and i are so similar in the way that we think and that completely makes sense in my brain because i'm like all right the least amount of collateral damage as possible I'm yeah just, it was like, damage control. Slowly it was damage control it's so like the marketing pr side of us which we have learned to do yeah. with running our platforms and i'm yeah. like okay i'm gonna slowly ease mm -hmm. people into this ease them into the idea and i watched you start to bring in your body positivity photos and yeah. bring in some lifestyle content and other books that maybe had killer whales and nature in them, but you started writing fiction books instead of just yeah. about killer whales, you know? And so yeah. I love talking that. a lot more about Paul. Yes. I, I spoke a lot more about that side of my life that I had kept very quiet about it I started you're like hey fall in love with this man so you're not mad at me for <laughs> wanting to love him and pursue him <laughs> I mean have you, have you seen him have you he's, seen that man? he is fabulous oh my, my gosh goodness. he seems incredible um, yeah no I started sharing a lot about like how hard it like I was like so hard living here without him and I miss my family and Mm -hmm. I spoke so much about it and to the point where people were messaging me like are you leaving like what what's this all about and even though I had done a lot of kind of tailoring to that announcement and my god I must have changed that caption at least 50 times mm -hmm. like to try and get and I 
this is it's awful that I felt the need to explain myself to this extent but like I did the caption I did stories and I filmed a full YouTube video explaining in detail why I left mm. I didn't owe that to anyone no I shouldn't owe that to anyone but I still felt the need to justify every single decision because I felt like I was letting so many people down and I still like I was very lucky you know after that announcement 99% of my following were were so supportive and left comments being like amazing can't wait to see what you do next like you did it you achieved the dream that's fantastic but I still had some people being like we're only here for the killer whales like that's what people want to see why would you like I understand or kind of backhanded like I understand why you did it but I wouldn't oh which was still hard because you always focus on the negative comments way more than the positive comments but at the end of the day I just have to remind myself like my life is my life mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna live myself not to live myself I'm not gonna live my life for other people you yeah know, I want people to like I love inspiring people and motivating people and showing everyone that you can make an impossible dream happen mm-hmm. and I've never stopped doing that you know I have enough killer real photos to last me until I'm like 40 like I took so many photos before, like I'm I love so it. How many photos I have of the whales that I haven't shared yet? Mm. Like, I'm always going to be an advocate for the field. You know? Yeah, I'm always going to try and make it better. I'm always going to be on the side of trainers forever. But I also want to inspire people just in general as well and share more yeah. of my life and more of who I am without that. Because I was so many things before I was a killer whale trainer. And I'm so many things after it. And I was still so many things with it. I just right. didn't realize it. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that so much, Hazel. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for sharing that. So as far as moving forward, what big dreams do you have? Tell me, tell me, and, and maybe you have some of them in the process, so you don't have to share any of that, but tell me <laughs> what's on the horizon. Have? How long do you have? I mean I love doing social media you know at at this point my like I don't make direct income from social media yet I would love to there's Mm -hmm. I support so many influencers like yourself that do like I Mm -hmm. think it's great I use social media as an indirect source of income so I you know direct people to my books and my youtube etc etc which I make money from yeah. And I don't think women, any women listening, do not be afraid to talk about money. Do not feel about talking about money and also know your worth. You're very good at talking about that, Amanda. Like I've been I have been watching and listening. I have been watching <gasps> and listening. Um I owe it to I owe it to my therapist, honestly. I'm just like regurgitating the words that she like pushes into my brain and I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, I believe it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no, so for like a year, almost a year before I left, I started coaching and I started building my coaching business, which is just so fulfilling and mm-hmm. so amazing to watch aspiring trainers. Because when I was younger and I was in Scotland, there's no trainers around, like there's no cetaceans in human care at all. So like, I didn't know where to get the information or what to do. So if I can make that process any easier for anyone, then I absolutely will because I'm a firm believer that you shouldn't have to step on other people to get to where you are. Like you should all just rise mm. each other up. And mm-hmm. if there's one thing that I if there is one thing that I could eradicate in this field, it's the competitiveness. 
like seriously can we all just get over it already and realize that there's enough space for everyone yes like, there are yep as long as there's animals that need to be cared for there's going to be jobs like can we please just start supporting each other but that's that's a topic for another time mm-hmm. um, and i've been so blessed with with my mentees and you know when i was still working at marineland it was so small it was just like a couple of people a week and not much and then when I left, I had like a good six months where I was self-employed, which was fantastic. And I got to expand that business and it's kind of grown so much that now I'm back in full-time work, I'm really struggling. Yeah. <laughs> of it. Um, but it's amazing. And I've, I've been so blessed to have managed to coach six people this year into their internships, their first internships. And, oh my you know, goodness. Watch, yeah. And watch people go from not having done internships all the way to paid positions and it it's just so amazing to not that I'm saying that it's all down to me you know they've they've done so much work you know individually but for me that's it feels like I'm giving something back to this community is it weird to say that when you're getting paid for it no because I and and my reasoning for wanting to help out future trainers too the same is I can't guarantee that the field will be around the next 10, 15 years if there aren't people that know how to get into it. Because like you said, that information is so privileged and private and people are so competitive about it. And it's like, I want these animals to be cared for. So I did it. Therefore, I want to share what I did to do it, you know? And I don't, I don't think it's crazy for you to say that at all because you are an expert in that field. So why wouldn't you share that information? You know? Yeah, very true. Very true. But after leaving Marineland in October last year, I focused a lot on the coaching business and growing it and then um started working on my third novel. Yes. <laughs> Which, okay. Yep, 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 yep. Mhm. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I well, I was wondering so in my mind, Ocean's Daughter, Earth's Mother, will there be a third in that series? Yeah. Or yeah, fourth? Okay, so okay. Because in my mind, I'm like, all right, the next one's going to be fire. Because <laughs> I'm like, water, <laughs> earth, fire. That's the next one. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely going to be a third. Okay, um, good. Someone, actually one of the, my readers um, messaged me asking what the title of the next book is going to be. And I was like, girl, I don't even know. Like, I have no idea. Like, That's I've amazing. Find, I've been trying to find the right title for like a good year and I don't know. So we'll see what happens. I don't know what the cover is going to look like though. Okay. Um, and obviously I know a little bit about what's going to happen in it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's so exciting and so fulfilling to see my books on bookshelves and see people reading about characters that I've created because you know I still believe it was my first book and it was about the whales and you know I know why people wanted to read that um but it was still a non-fiction so mm-hmm. I was writing about things that I knew about and things that had happened but with fiction I love it so much because I just get to create like I get to create worlds and characters and scenarios and you know I genuinely feel like my characters are real people. I love that. (sighs) I wish, like, I wish I could just sit in a room and like have drinks with Em, Riva and Alex because I know that we would just have like the best time. (laughs) That's amazing. 
Yeah. So yeah, books are still coming, still writing. And, you know, I've got a fiction book coming out about the whales mm-hmm. after summer, which I'm, I've started writing. I need, I actually wanted to send you a, a little snippet of it to ask <gasps> you if it was making sense. Oh my gosh. I would be honored. I was going to say all of your books are on my bookshelf back there. Oh, you can't see it. My mic's in the way, but I have my own little like Hazel fan club section where I'm like, but no, it's, it's super exciting. And I, I love being my own boss, you know, the same as you, like you just feel so much yourself because you're working for yourself. You're doing your own passion projects and yeah, it's just so fun. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> now we've, we've been talking about identity. Your identity was in killer whales. Now Hazel, how would you describe yourself? I would just describe myself as I don't I don't even know if I like doing that anymore. Really? You know, I like I can describe myself as like how I would do it on Instagram. Like I'm someone who wants to inspire you. I'm a mm-hmm. dreamer. Like I want to achieve dreams. I want to help people achieve their dreams. You know, life is an adventure every single day. Like act like it is. Right. But with regards to, you know, writing down who you are or attaching so much worth to one piece of who you are I really tend to stay away from that now because life is very fluid mm-hmm. you know you never know what's going to happen or you never know you know you never know what's going to be taken away yeah day. um so I think it's healthier to just it's it's strange to say like be yourself but be all parts of yourself yeah. Down to down to the smallest part of yourself. Like I'm a person that loves chocolate. Like if I'm gonna identify myself as that, I am a person who is I love it. Galaxy chocolate. That is who I am. I love you it. Know, is, you are made up of so much more than you know, you can go down to like your skin color, hair color, eye color, mm. weight, you know, ethnicity, religion you can identify yourself as all of that or as how you relate to other people or how you are as a job or what talents you have or what interests you have. There are millions of ways for you to identify yourself. So why the hell would you put yourself in a box? Exactly. Exactly. I love that. So it's any, a... trainer, any trainers out there, you're so much more than just a trainer. You can be an amazing trainer. Mm-hmm. You're so much more. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's such an incredible message. And I'm going to leave it at that because that that was just a note to go out on. Hazel, wow. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. And I mean, selfishly, I like it because it was 30 minutes that I just get to talk to you. But thank you so much for agreeing to share your voice and your background and your passions with this community that's listening right now. Um, I do want to give you an opportunity to share all the ways that we can find you on the internet. If people do want to connect with you, um, I will link everything that we talked about in the episode notes. So there'll be direct links there, but go for it. (laughs) Thank you. First of all, thank you so much for inviting me on, even if I did kind of force myself on you. You did. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's just, it's just so nice to chat with a friend and I'm so happy that this podcast is, you know, doing big things and people are listening and, you know, you deserve all of it because you are so um, But yeah, you can find me. Instagram's probably the best place. It's at Dreaming with Hazel. Um, and all of my links are in my bio. But if you want to go over to my YouTube, that's at Hazel Chip. 
which is Hazel with a T-J-E at the end. Ooh. Um, it's, it's Dutch. It's Paul's nickname for me. Um, but yeah, so you can find everything there. Uh, my blog is just Hazel McBride, you know, so yeah. Google will probably give you the results that you need. Google <laughs> it. You'll book. find it. And all my books are available on Amazon. Awesome. Well, thank you again. You're incredible. It is always a pleasure and I'm so glad we did this. Yay. Thank you so much, Nanda. Thank you so much again to my friend Hazel for taking the time to share her heart, her story, her identity crisis, all of that with all of you. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation and gained maybe a little more insight into the heart and trials of an animal trainer. Personally, I think that sometimes we put the people that we follow online on pedestals. And I hope this episode helped maybe humanize some of those people for you. Thank you again to everyone who has taken the time to listen to all these episodes. But I want to give a special shout out to anyone who owns a small business. This one's for you. If you want a small business and you're wanting to expand your reach past your normal social media following or audience, I'm looking to start doing ads for small businesses that I believe in at a really affordable price. If you're interested, send me an email at hello at thatmanagirl.com. I ran out of time, but I love you XOXO. Thank you for listening and subscribing. And if you haven't written a review, it would mean so much because my love language is words of affirmation and I love reading your reviews. Okay, bye. I'll see you next Monday. Bye.